Heavenly Father, we're thankful we can gather together, Lord, as a church family, to ask you into our hearts and into our midst this morning. Father, we pray that uh, we can have a focus on thee and thy word. We pray that it's help, help us understand the word before us this morning, Lord. We pray that thy spirit would be uh, speaking this morning, Lord, and that I would not be using my own words, Father, and ask that that's be with all those here in the audience, Lord. Pray that thy spirit I would speak individually, Lord, to each one. We know that when we read thy scriptures, sometimes we read it differently than someone next to us, and we know that thou knowest the, the needs of our hearts, Lord, the needs in our lives, and we pray that thou would affect each one of us individually and differently this morning according to our needs. And we thank thee for blessing us with the word, Lord, uh, that we can have it, Father, for instruction, for encouragement. And uh, we pray, Lord, this morning for those who could not be here with us, Father. Um, those that I think of off the top of my head are the Marcy's, Lord. I'm sure there's others. Uh, we pray for those, uh, the cooks traveling abroad, and ask that thou bless them. And uh, any others who could not be here today, Lord, we ask that thou be with them. And um, pray that thou also uplift them in this day. And we pray all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> I'd like to open this morning and read from Mark chapter 10. Gospel according to Mark chapter 10. the Lord's help, I'd like to uh, just focus on the last six verses of this chapter, uh, starting with verse 46. <clears throat> Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, he being Jesus, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus and Jesus answered and said unto him, What will thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. <clears throat> you know, I um, came across this text uh, about a month ago and um was looking into it further. It's I've a lot of us know the story. It seems like a simple story, a simple account of Jesus healing a blind man. Uh, we know Jesus has healed many, and uh, we read about many of those accounts in the scriptures. Um, but as I was reading it, it just impacted me differently, and I saw it in a different light than I had seen it before. And I just kind of wanted to go through and look at this account. We know that a lot of times Jesus teaches using parables in the scriptures, and even explains. Uh, I believe, of why he uses parables so that we can understand better. He relates something uh, to something that is more tangible for us. Uh, we know the parable of the sower 
and and of those in in that times there's a lot of people that understood farming and planting and um, that was their livelihood and uh, so he would use different accounts like that and uh, interestingly here this is not a parable um, which I think in a way should be even more impactful for us as we read it because it's a real life situation it's um, something that really happened uh, here this healing of the blind man but it helps us still I believe that we can look at this as relating to how salvation works and we had a a uh, great Bible class lesson uh, by Brother David Hess this morning. And, um, you know, he's talking about what steps were, in, and the title of the lesson was Steps of Salvation. But looking at salvation, and um, that's actually what this account here before us this morning kind of lays out as well, and, and is very relatable, I believe, to salvation um, in our lives that many of us in this room have experienced, and, and some not yet. And hopefully this will help... Um, for the believers that we can use this account if, if we're ever trying to explain salvation to someone and what it is that Jesus has done for us and um, how we access that and how it's a free gift uh, given to us. Um, and then also uh, those that uh, may be still trying to understand and grasp that, hopefully this will help this morning as well. Uh, but we see that <clears throat> we can all understand, maybe we have not all been... Um, blind physically. Uh, we've all been blind spiritually at some point in our lives, and again, some, some still are today. Uh, but we see Bartimaeus here being blind, but we've all had some ailment. I, I don't know if there's anybody in this room uh, beyond the day of when you're born, and there may be uh, some in this room that weren't even in the midst of a doctor when they were born, but everybody here has probably gone or sought out help from a doctor or a nurse at some point in their lives. And uh, it's something that you know, we all have some kind of physical ailment or some kind of question that we have based on something that's happening to our body or has happened and what do we need to do to heal this? How long will it take to get better? How, what can I do to make the pain go away? And when we have those, uh, we have the ability, thankfully, uh, to go, um, you know, talk to a doctor or, um, and ask questions about that, seek out healing. And that's what uh, essentially Bartimaeus here was doing. Uh, we see in uh, verse 46, the disciples came. Bartimaeus there um, was blind, and he was sitting there begging. And we know in the Scriptures there are accounts of um, both those that are, are sick and are poor and begging. And um, so it's common in, it, uh, in that time. We still have a lot, uh, even in our society, there's a lot who are, are poor, those who are begging, uh, those who are sick and may not be able to um, access um, perhaps or get to a certain healthcare facility or whatever it may be. And sometimes we, you know, go past them. And hopefully uh, we're more like the Good Samaritan where we stop and try to help. Um, you know, we know the Good Samaritan not only uh, picked up that um, man who was tattered on the side of the road, but took him somewhere and offered to pay for whatever help that he needed or pay the, uh, I believe it was an innkeeper kind of to, to be able to keep him there and said, I'll come back in a couple days and if he's still here or if he stayed longer than I had paid for, I'll, I'll pay you more to take care of it. And um, <clears throat> we can read of some other accounts. Uh, if we look in Matthew chapter 9, you know, Jesus talking about uh, those who are sick and of why Jesus was here when he was being reprimanded for uh, sitting with the sinners and the publicans. 
Uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 10 says, And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? Uh, Jesus took care, though, of answering this. He jumped in. When Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And again, there's, there's an analogy there. Those that are healthy, when we're healthy, I'm not planning on going to a doctor tomorrow because I feel pretty good right now, right? But, um, and thankfully, my kids are feeling well. But there's been times where we wake up the next morning. There's been times we've woken up here in Syracuse and had to go to Galasano's Children's because... Um, one of our kids was, you know, coughing through the night or having some respiratory stuff. There's times where we realize then when that sickness is there, that's who needs a physician. And that's what Jesus is saying as well. I'm not coming. Um, and we know he did a lot of teaching with the disciples, a lot of teaching uh, with his followers and, and building up. Um, but his main purpose here was to call sinners to repentance. Um, just as we read about this morning with Paul saying, you know, wanting others to be saved. And that had become his mission. And we know that Christ, that's Christ's main reason for being here. Um, <clears throat> to to um, call the sinners to repentance and to heal those that were spiritually sick. And we know he did a lot of healing of those that were physically sick as well. Uh, we know in Acts chapter 3, um, Peter and John had gone past the man that was begging at the gates that was um, lame. And he was asking for money. And... Um, so, assuming he was poor as well. But what did, what did they say? They said, silver and gold have we none, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And that's maybe not even what that lame man realized. And sometimes even us, we think money is going to fix everything. And uh, that's kind of in our society. But they knew what more he needed. Uh, and what more would be more fulfilling to have that physical healing where perhaps he didn't even realize that was a possibility that he could be healed. But they gave that healing, and they did it in the name of Jesus. So preaching the gospel at the same time, and he did rise up and walk. <clears throat> and um, Christ even talks about, in Matthew 11, he, um, I believe he was asking to send a message to John. I believe John the Baptist uh, was in prison. <clears throat> Matthew 11, verse four, well, verse 4, he says, Go show John again uh, those things which he do which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. So that all the needs are being fulfilled. And that's, again, Christ's mission. And so we see blind Bartimaeus here uh, reaching out to Christ and <clears throat> asking for, well, first, he's, um, hears that Christ is coming. Let me get my bookmark ended up in the wrong page here, so I'm flipping back to the wrong thing. Um, so Bartimaeus here, right, this is um, at this time as well kind of the wheelhouse of Jesus' mission. But th it's interesting how we see there's some opposition here. So um, Bartimaeus is there begging. And in verse 47 it says, When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, so he hears that Jesus is near, and um, he must have already heard about Jesus as well, whether it had been he had uh, heard the teachings of some of the disciples or um, had heard John the Baptist 
at some point when he had come before Jesus to prepare the way. But he must have known who Jesus was because he heard Jesus was here and by hearing that it was Jesus, he had this excitement in him. Uh, to know that Jesus was near and it, it must have been something to be excited about because what does he do? He starts to cry out and he cries out for Jesus. So he has this um, action that he takes place and then, you know, we, many of us thankfully have been uh, raised in a church and heard about Jesus all the time. Some of us, maybe in the last couple of years, had come and started to hear more and more about Jesus. But we hear about Jesus, and we know who Jesus is. And uh, what do we need to do first in talking some of the steps, uh, maybe this morning, as we were mentioning, is there's an acknowledgement of who we are as sinners. And here, um, Bartimaeus had to acknowledge that he was even sick. He realized he was blind, and that that was something that could be changed. And something that could be healed. So he acknowledged that and knew that there was a reason, a purpose for him to be able to cry out to God and cry out to Jesus. And that's what he did. He cried out in this crowd of people. Uh, he perhaps had to humble himself to be able to do that, right? We sometimes uh, in situations are maybe a little shy to cry out or we'll kind of go up and weave our way through a crowd instead of calling out across the room. Even if we're happy to see someone here, uh, I probably wouldn't cry out across the foyer. I'd walk over and say hello to you and give you a hug, right? But he cried out, kind of, um, you know, I think of our kids that, you know, aren't, at a young age, aren't embarrassed at all to cry out for us, right? Or uh, even thinking last night, I, I heard Levi in the other room cry out, Daddy, at, you know, two in the morning, um, you know, if he needs something. He wasn't worried about waking up Grammy and Papa or waking up Silas, who was sleeping in the room as well. He just needed something, Right, And that's what they do. And um, that's the humility here that Bartimaeus had and that we need to have um, when we're experiencing and wanting to go through that conversion experience and when we realize, recognize we're a sinner and we need salvation. You don't need to be embarrassed and wait. Wait for the right time. You need to recognize that and cry out to Jesus as Bartimaeus did here and not be, not be embarrassed about what your friends may think or um, even if your family isn't on page with that. It's all about you and Jesus and, and that one-on-one -on -one experience. We need to acknowledge that you need help. And we read in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talking as part of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Jesus says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. So there's some action here that needs to take part, right? Jesus could just wipe everybody's slate clean and say, you're all saved. You don't need to do anything. Everybody's going to heaven, right? But we know today's society, everybody wants to make their own choices. And we have that ability. Um, that's how God created us. We've been given an ability to make a choice in our lives. And we know there's rewards and consequences based on those choices. So... Even in that sermon that Jesus gave, he's, he's giving some action that you need to do to take part or to, to take there, right? Jesus could have walked by. Jesus knew, I'm sure, that there was a blind man in that crowd somewhere that needed healing or that could be healed. But uh, left it up to uh, his faith and the action that he needed to take to ask for that help, to ask for that healing. And that's important um, that we recognize that action needs to be taken and the humility we need to, we need to have. You know, sometimes uh, talking with people, I, um, 
was talking with somebody, they, they got overcharged on their my cable bill or something, somebody at work. And um, I said, why don't you just call them and ask them to, to take it off? And he said, oh, it's already been two days. I feel bad. And, you know, what if they say no? And I said, well, I guarantee you, if you don't call, nothing's going to happen with your bill. But if you do call, there's a 50% chance that they might say no problem, or you might get um, 28 of the 30 days reimbursed or something if, if they overwinter or whatever. And, um, you know, so they called and, and, and it was taken care of. But that's the thing we need to think about sometimes. We, a lot of times we say, well, what if? And that's something I've kind of tried to start thinking about is we can dwell on that, but if because we're thinking what if we don't take any action at all, we can pretty much tell you what's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change. And that's what uh, Bartimaeus here, he's, he knew he had a need, and uh, he called out. And what does it say in uh, verse 47? Um, when he called out, what did he say? He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So what did Bartimaeus do? He didn't just call out and said, somebody, please, I need help. He recognized who Jesus was in the midst of this crowd in front of everybody. He gave a public profession of um, who Jesus was and recognized who Jesus was. And that's a, a large part of our Christian faith as well that uh, we need to do, I know I need to do better, um, is even when we look in Acts, how much they said the name of Jesus. I, I may have preached that sermon here once before as well in Acts, but because to me, I, I recognize we do this a lot, or we avoid using Jesus' name, right? We talk about God. We talk about our, our faith. We use the word faith a lot because that's kind of a blanket statement that a lot of people are comfortable using. But we know the, word, the name of Jesus uh, can cause some uh, contention, right? And we know that even Jesus, when... Uh, when he said he was the son of God. That's what really got uh, the Pharisees going, right? And uh, blasphemy. But that's, we see what we need to do to recognize who Jesus is and be able to share that. And we see that Bartimaeus here was willing to do that. Uh, the son of David, talking about the lineage of David. And this was the one that was sent, that was prophesied about. And he's recognizing that and showing above and beyond the faith that he has in who Jesus is and acknowledging that publicly and verbally um, and not ashamed of that, not embarrassed of that. And that's an important part as well in our conversion and in our spiritual walk that we're willing to do that. And he asks, have mercy on me. You know, pleading for that compassion. for your, Show me your love, your compassion. Show me your healing uh, that I can have. And acknowledging that Jesus has the power to do that. He's not asking Jesus to do something that he doesn't think Jesus can do. He recognizes that Jesus, uh, I'm sick, I need help, I know you're the healer. Everybody else, listen, I'm telling you the healer's here. And I want, maybe essentially, that I'm willing to show you all a miracle being performed on me. And I want you to know that I recognize that it can be done. And look what happened in verse 48. It says, many charged him that he should hold his peace. Um, if we look in the account, um, let's see, I think it's in Matthew chapter 18, the the parallel to this. Uh, nope, let me check. Let me check one more. Let me check Luke, chapter 18. I wrote down Mark, but I know that's not right because we're already in Mark. Yeah, sorry, Luke chapter 18, uh, verse 39. It says, And they which went before rebuked him, that he should hold his peace. 
So this might even, um, doesn't say exactly who is saying this, but very well could have been the disciples even. Jesus Christ's own that were with him were telling him to quiet down. Right, and this is where I was saying there's going to be others that in your spiritual walk when you're ready to reach out and uh, surrender your life to Jesus that others around you, maybe even your own family, your own friends, are telling you to quiet down. Or don't, you know, don't be so crazy to think that that's what you need or um, you know, giving you a hard time about it or whatever may be discouraging you from it. And here we can see it can even be those that, in this case, um, those that were with Christ perhaps. They're telling them to quiet down because this, the king is coming through. Don't be yelling out like a, a crazy man from the side of the road here. Right? But what did, um, you know, and sometimes, for whatever reason it may have been, it, it doesn't go into it too much, but they're maybe telling him it's an inappropriate way to be asking for help from Jesus. <clears throat> but what does he do? We see that the need was too great. Um, Bartimaeus realized that this may have been his um, only chance to be in the midst of Jesus, to actually talk to Jesus because he's passing through the town. He might come and go, and I may never see him again physically. So it was, it was too great of an opportunity to pass up. And what does he do? He cried out more with a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Begging and pleading and saying, I'm not willing to let this go by. This is my chance. I want to talk to Jesus. <clears throat> And it's, it uh, reminds me of in Acts when I think it's, um, well, it happens a few times in, I think, chapter 3, 4, and 5. But they were told after they were put in prison, they didn't really know what to do with Peter and John. They didn't really do anything wrong in a, in a sense. So what they do, every time they let him go, they said, okay, you can go, but we don't want to hear you teach, teaching and preaching about this name, this Jesus anymore. And what does it say? They, they use a double negative, which I love. It says, um, They couldn't but speak of Jesus. There's like, we don't know what else to do but to talk about Jesus. This is all we know, and we're so sure about it that we're going to keep talking about it, even if that means we're going back into jail or if our life is on the line. It doesn't matter. We can't do anything else but speak of the things that we've seen and experienced and know is the truth. And even here, Bartimaeus is being told to be quiet. He's saying, there's nothing else I know what to do because this is the biggest thing on my heart right now is I want this healing and I want to meet the master and the great physician. <clears throat> and this next phrase, um, I think has impacted me the most after I've read it. So in verse 48, he cries out, says, have mercy on me. And what does Jesus do in verse 49? It says, and Jesus stood still. <clears throat> and I had to think about that of what an amazing thing that is. If we think he's in this crowd of people, somebody's crying out to him. You know, we, we may have been in places where we see a, a celebrity or somebody walking by and people are screaming at him, right? And they just keep walking straight to their car, going where their eyes are set to go, right? Uh, but what happens here? There's a, I'm sure he's not the only one making noise. There's probably other, it sounds like there's a lot of people around. But he cries out and Jesus stood still. And we have to think about that. You know, what would make Jesus Christ stand still? Who we read about in uh, Colossians 1.17, it says, For by Him um, all things came into existence. The Creator, what could cause the Creator to stand still? And we see what it was. It was one of His lost sheep calling out to Him and begging for His help. And that's all it took. 
We think of how precious we are um, in Jesus' sight. If we look in Matthew chapter 10. Um... Starting with, here it is, verse 29. Jesus is speaking again here. It says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Wherefore, therefore, shall whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my father, which is in heaven. <clears throat> And what is Bartimaeus doing here? He's confessing Jesus Christ before these men. And it caused Jesus to stand still because if one little bird that costs barely anything being sold at the market somewhere falls on the ground, our Father knows about it. It says He knows the very number of the hairs that are numbered on our head. And we are worth much more than many of those sparrows. And we see that, um, we see Jesus living that out here as He stops and stands still to hear one of us calling out to him. And we think about that when, when we call out to him, uh, even in our lost state, we call out to him thinking that it made him stand still, that he listened and heard our cries and heard us call out to him. Jesus put everything else on hold for this. And because, again, this is his mission. This is what he talked about. So when you call out to Jesus Christ, he will stand still and listen and hear your call. And we see what, what happens next then. Uh, in verse 49, Jesus commanded Bartimaeus to be called. So they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. So now, Bartimaeus cried out. We cry out to Jesus. And Jesus Christ calls us, and, and sometimes he calls us and draws us first, and we need to continue crying out to him and recognize, again, um, recognize our sinful state before we convert and, and that we want to change. But here, Jesus Christ calls Bartimaeus, and he received the call. <clears throat> and what does he do in verse 50? It says, when he was called right away, he cast away his garment, rose, and came to Jesus. And whether he was casting away his tattered begging clothes because um, out of respect for Jesus or he cast away his garments in humility to come before him completely humbled. I'm not exactly sure. But that's what he did and he answered the call. When we hear the call of Christ, especially when we're calling out to him first, we need to answer that call. And how many times um, do we hear Christ calling us and, and leading us in a certain direction but we don't answer that call? We're not sure. We're, even sometimes after we cry out to him and he's giving us the answer and then we're like, Whoa, I don't know, that wasn't really the answer I was looking for, the direction I was hoping he was going to push me. And that, that sounds a little uncomfortable or a little tough, right? But sometimes, um, or all the times, we need to answer that call and realize when Jesus is leading us in a certain direction and giving us instructions for that. So he came to Jesus and Jesus answered and said unto him, he asks him, what is it that you want? What do you want me to do for you? And we recognize this as well, the heart of Jesus, that he wants to know our needs. And he listens. Right? He, he takes time 
to stop and to listen and to talk with and to know our cares and our concerns. <clears throat> and the blind man shared this, that he, he wants to receive his sight. And I'm sure he was asking for physical sight here, but through this whole experience, physically and spiritually, his eyes were completely opened. And he saw Jesus Christ and experienced Christ. And the eyes of his heart were opened as well. <clears throat> and how did that happen? It says in 52, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. We recognize the faith that it takes, and that is what it takes, and that's the reason why the man was able to even cry out to Jesus, because as I mentioned, he had faith to know that Christ could heal. And very important in our conversion experience in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, very familiar verses for many of us, for by grace are you saved through faith, believing in Jesus Christ's grace that was offered to us through the shed blood on the cross, and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of our own works. We talked about that this morning as well. It's not of things that we do. It's by our faith through the work on the cross that Jesus did and has uh, shed blood for us, that perfect sacrifice, that we can be saved. And Jesus here is expressing that. Faith is what was important, that he came, asked for help, asked for healing, and he immediately received his sight and given the healing, just as when we come with our faith and ask for forgiveness, it is a gift of God. We are immediately given that healing and that forgiveness. When we have the faith to come and realize that it's a gift waiting for us, that we can ask for that. It will be given. It's been promised to us. And the work's already been done. The blood's already been shed. And what does it say? Jesus said, go thy way. And what did Bartimaeus do? Immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus in the way. His way is now whatever way Jesus is, is. He followed Jesus. And that's an important part of our conversion experience as well. Because that's what we're doing. We're converting. We're changing. We're now we're healed. And now our, our mission is Christ's mission. To follow Christ, to walk in his way, and to, to follow his will for our lives. And to continue walking in that. <clears throat> and as he did that, I'm sure he shared with others, and everybody knew then who Bartimaeus was, the blind man that had received his sight. And that's what we need to do, share with others how we've been healed uh, spiritually and how we now walk with our life devoted to Christ and so that people can see that, they can see the change in our walk and see how we've committed our life to Christ. So just to um, kind of go through this again in this what happened in this experience, uh, in short, in summary, that just like the lost soul, there was sickness that Bartimaeus had and experienced. He had heard of Christ, he had learned of Christ, and now he heard he was here. And just so you all know, Christ is here and can be called out to at any time. He hears our prayers. <clears throat> and we know that he's always near. And we can call out to him, cry out to him, and plead for help, and plead for healing and for spiritual healing and forgiveness all while acknowledging and recognizing and the reason we can call out to him do call out to him is because we do recognize that he has the power to give that healing and to forgive us for our sins through his shed blood on the cross and we need to have faith in that saving grace through the sacrifice we need to recognize that when we cry out to god and when we cry out to jesus for that healing think about this the god of the universe will stand still 
and he listens to us and asks us what we need. He hears us calling and he calls out to us and will continue to draw you closer. And we need to listen for, for that and, and uh, answer his call and answer what he's asking us to do. And keep our faith strong in that saving grace and we will be healed and you will be healed and healed of those sins. And um, going forward, we can call out to God anytime and he is there for us. We need to recognize that and we will be encouraged and strengthened and recognize that we'll continue to be loved and we've experienced that in our Christian walk that we continually experience God's love. We don't always experience good, easy times, but we have uh, in a state of mind that we can always still be in peace even if we're not in good times. Even if we're going through suffering, we can still be at peace with God because we know of the work that has been done for us and the love that has been shown to us. And Jesus' whole purpose, as he mentions in, I think it's John 10, 10, that we may live more abundantly a life in Christ. And many of us have experienced that. And it's um, my hope, we heard it's, it's Paul's hope that we read in Romans 10 today, that others can do that, live abundantly and be saved by Jesus Christ. So maybe, we, um, you know, we as believers in this story, maybe we... We'll have an example where we can use this account to share the gospel message with someone to help um, relate it to someone who's been to the doctor before, who's needed healing before, and share how Christ has done that healing in our lives and uh, spiritually given us that healing and forgiveness. And hopefully any here this morning that are still struggling with what salvation is, hopefully this helped um, draw those parallels and you can see... um, that like Bartimaeus, that you're spiritually blind and there may be something you're missing in your life. There is something you're missing, a void that we can see be filled by calling out to Jesus Christ and um, asking that you, you know, can fall on your knees today and ask that that be filled and that you can be healed and that you can um, then listen to his voice and hear his call and then live a life for him here on this earth so that you may also enjoy a life more abundantly filled with Christ and ultimately then be able to take part in eternal life and glory one day. May the Lord add his blessing.